The perfect yogic breathing is where you breathe in, like, as I said, into the diaphragm, hardly moves, okay? But then you extend your exhalation, and then you'll go into an automatic pause where you're not even conscious of it for several seconds before the next breath. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high-performance mind, body, and lifestyle. Hi, friends. I know that many of you already practice different forms of breathwork and meditation and gratitude. And I think you're going to really love this episode because we're diving into breathwork and all of the benefits of it what it is, how it works, how it really affects your mind, body and spirit. Um, My guest today is Neeraj Naik, his second time guest on the show. He's a friend. He's also the founder of the fastest growing breath company in the world, Soma Breath. He creates the most incredible music and transformational breathwork experiences that you have to definitely go and check out. Um, Over on their website, somabreath.com, you can find all of the details, but we're going to be diving into the science behind this on today's episode. Um, what the different forms of breathwork are, how you can practice them, and how music really invigorates the whole process as well. Super fun, super healing, and really transformational. So without further delay, let me introduce you now to my friend and second time guest on the show, Niraj Naik. So I'm absolutely thrilled to have Niraj Nayak here on the podcast today, a returning guest uh, who interviewed actually some years ago. Um, And we met at the very first Health Optimization Summit in London back in 2019, pre-lockdown. And it's just been amazing to see the work that you've been doing over the last few years, Niraj. Um, Absolutely awesome to have you here. So firstly, very warm welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, so for people listening, I think there's so much now. Breathwork has become so much more topical than I think when you started Soma some years ago. It's becoming sort of more and more mainstream. And there's so many oh, yeah. different varieties of breathwork that people can do. Um, and I think a lot of people are really recognizing both the like longevity benefits, the health benefits, but also the the neurological and performance benefits as well. I think probably the best place for us to start is for you to kind of describe what soma breath is um, and how it works, and then we can kind of dive into the different nuances and detail from there. Sure, yeah. So soma breath is uh, my um, uh, creation, which is really an amalgamation of all the different techniques and practices I've learned over the years, um, primarily because I went through my own healing crisis of my own. And going through that, I learned some really powerful um, transformational techniques that are based in things like tantric yoga, pranayama, which is the ancient school of breathwork, um, and then meditation. And then also going back into my love for music and creating music and realizing that music can actually have a real therapeutic use rather than just going out and, you know, uh, having a party. And so I... Um, firstly, there was a big need for me to make like these practices more fun and engaging because in order to do something really well, you need to do it every day and to get the real best effects of things like breath work, you need to do it every day. You need to make it into a daily practice. It should be part of your routine, but you know, often people struggle with, with making their routines fun and, and, uh, enjoyable and sticky where they want to keep doing every day. 
So what I found with the music, bringing that element to it and all the other benefits of music, it's multidimensional. Um, I made a practice that people absolutely love, but is also really therapeutic, very healing, and also can help um, with a variety of things from psychological health benefits to also um, actual physical health benefits. So, you know, so that has evolved now into a school of breath work and meditation and this music technology with Soma Breath, where we train instructors. We've got almost 2,000 around the world now. Um, and we've created various protocols uh, that help people. One of them is this 21-day awakening protocol that's even attracted Cambridge University, who are studying us right now. So we're doing like a long-term trial with them. So yeah, lots of amazing stuff has manifested since. Really exciting. I think the 21-day um, awakening protocol, I absolutely love. Just even at the very beginning of the program, the kind of goal setting that you do as a part of it and visualizing um, is really incredible. And I think that's the biggest thing I've noticed with Soma is the music is amazing. It just sort of alters your whole state of being just so, so quickly in a way, yes. almost like I can feel the light energy. Like it's really interesting because I was having a chat recently with Dr. Patrick Porter, the founder of BrainTap. Mm. Uh, and we were talking about how light energy and how it kind of heals the body and my yeah. own kind of um, spontaneous healing experience when I was really sick and just how much light energy I would have been emitting in that situation. And when I do the Soma breathwork with the music, your music's truly beautiful. You really kind of feel that sense of just being completely encapsulated at the same time as radiating light and energy. It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing yeah. what you've done there. Awesome. That's so yeah. cool. It's yeah. super cool. Um, so, so how would you describe the, the differences? So in terms of the actual type of breathwork that you're teaching here, it is quite stimulatory, isn't it? Insofar as quite similar to the Wim Hof style of breathing, it's quite stimulating on the body. Well, actually, well, no, that's the thing. We're, we're like a pharmacy. I used to be a pharmacist um, and pranayama is really a pharmacy of different energy controlling techniques pranayama literally means energy control so it really is more like a pharmacy so we have ones that are more like wim hof method um like the pranayama versions of it but we also have stuff that's like holotropic which is very psychedelic in nature but we also have functional ones like um if you want to go to sleep we have relaxing breath techniques if you want to fix constipation we have one for that if you want to unblock your nose we have one for that you know, uh, if you want more energy, um, there's ones for that as well. So we have like a pharmacy of different techniques. So it's the ones that you may have done, because that's the what powers a 21 day awakening protocol are similar to like how the Wim Hof method works. But the difference and nuance is that we use rhythmic breathing and that has a whole nother dimension to it. Rhythmic breathing with music with, has a beat. You're breathing in time with a beat creates like magic. It's an amazing feeling just from doing that and plus we also have the other elements of guided meditation visualization techniques and um the whole musical experience behind it which you know it's more transformative that way so yeah we have like a whole range of different stuff yeah, yeah and those are all contained more within the membership are you that you've recently launched in terms of people having a yeah, yeah. go-to toolbox yeah we consolidated our like really amazing courses like breath fit which um if you've heard of buteco method it's yes. it's similar to that in nature but buteco got all of his techniques from yoga and pranayama so i've gone deeper into the yogic techniques of 
of breathing for healthy breathing. So what you do every day throughout the day, not just as a technique, like throughout the day, mindful breathing. So breathing retraining for optimum health. So we have a whole um, you know, course on that, which is included in our Samadhi membership. Amazing. So I spent a long time trying to find, years in fact, a greens powder that I actually liked the taste of. And I finally found one that basically tastes amazing on its own or actually mixed into shakes, which is pretty unusual because some of them taste kind of really minty and that overpowers everything else. Whereas this one just tastes really, really nice. And it mixes well with banana and protein powder. Uh, It also mixes really well with a strawberry protein I've been using and it just works super well just on its own on an empty stomach. And that is Athletic Greens. It has prebiotics, probiotics and naturally occurring enzymes that boost digestion, has your daily dose of vitamin C and zinc, healing mushrooms, magnesium to help you regulate all day energy and support um, energy production in our cells. And it's packed with superfoods, adaptogens and antioxidants. And I absolutely love it. And the cool thing is you can get one year supply of vitamin D plus five free travel packs when you get your order of Athletic Greens. All you need to do is go to this special link, athleticgreens.com forward slash Angela Foster. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash Angela Foster to bag yourself a year's supply of vitamin D plus five free travel packs. Now let's get back to the show. And so what would you say for somebody kind of maybe who's listening to this and they're aware, they might have even started tracking it, right? Like with either a whoop or an aura where they're actually seeing that they maybe do have some disordered breathing and their breathing rates quite hard, quite fast, should I say. That's the first thing that I notice with kind of very high performing clients quite often is they've got this really fast breathing rate and actually just wow. starting to slow things down makes such a massive difference to their heart rate variability and also just kind of creating that resonance frequency and then making better decisions, slowing it all down. Um, what for someone sort of listening to this, um, what's the best way to get started in terms of training your breath? So the number one thing we need to understand um, right from the uh, foundation is the default state. So your default state is when you're not doing any techniques, right? It's just your natural state of being, okay? And the idea of all spiritual practices is to make your default state better so that the time when you're not doing a technique, you're at the best you can be, all right? So according to the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, all right, a perfect human breathes like they're not breathing at all, okay? According to Buteco method, slow breathing is the key foundation, but also nasal breathing, breathing through the nose, silent, subtle rhythmic and diaphragmatic all right that's that should be your default state and if somebody's like making a noisy breath out through their mouth and they are huffing and puffing basically breathing faster than they need to this is a sign usually of stress somebody who's got mental anguish stress going on or they're unhealthy not physically fit all right and that going on for too long will cause chronic hyperventilation, overbreathing, which will lead to 
all kinds of dif different issues from mental health issues to physical health issues, inflammation, even cardiovascular disease. All right. So um, the whole point of yogic practice, actually, if you look at it from a deep level, scientific level, it's all about training your default state to be one where you, you look like you're not breathing at all. All right. You're hardly breathing and your breath is very silent. So you can't hear it. It's in the diaphragm, but it's not like a deep breath. It's just a shallow, very shallow breath. And your chest will hardly ever move. All right. That's, that's the, the key. All right. Now, that's something you can train someone to do with various techniques. The first one is to always observe that you're always breathing through your nose as much as possible into the diaphragm. That's the first foundation. All right. Everything else comes off the back of that. So that's okay. the first step of, of our training. Which a lot of people are not doing, right? They're constantly mouth breathing, quite commonly. Yeah, when you breathe through your mouth, you almost always breathe into your chest. It's like that. Mm. All right. Um, but if you switch to your nose, you almost automatically, in most people, go straight to the diaphragm. Mm. Yeah. And then and it's su super relaxing. It's, it's something I've been training recently in terms of going out and doing like, I wouldn't call it running because you can't run fast when you're doing it, but going out jogging and actually in nature, just kind of in the forest and just purely nasally breathing. And as you build that up over time, what I've found is I can run, you know, 30, 40 minutes, just nasally breathing. It's amazing. It's like you were talking about the pharmacy, like you come back in this deep sense of relaxation. And it's funny because you've exercised, but actually all of those aches and pains that you can feel in your body from kind of training muscles and things like that just fall away. It's almost like a very yeah. Zen state that you reach. Mm, correct. Yeah. Yeah. You get much more oxygen going into your body tissue cells when you breathe slowly and through your nose. You also produce nitric oxide, which is a, one of the most important gases actually in the body. And it's a vasodilator. It's a relaxer of the muscles and it also helps get oxygen into the body tissue cells. So nitric oxide is super important. And um, yeah, well, a lot of our techniques is, revolves around improving your ability to produce nitric oxide. And can you talk about like um, carbon dioxide tolerance as well um, yeah. for people to kind of understand that exchange? Because I think that's quite important. I know when we met, we were chatting about me improving that and getting into kind of states of hypoxia. And I was using a pulse oximeter, I think, at the time mm. uh, to sort of measure how sort of low I could go. And in, yeah. in a way, it's, it felt a little bit scary as I was seeing it really sort of drop into the 70s. Can you just explain a little bit? Because I think people are intrigued and want to know more about that. Yeah, yeah. So um, we have this uh, ongoing kind of struggle with carbon dioxide, right? Even though carbon dioxide is so important for our health, right? Because uh, without CO2, you can't get oxygen off your blood cells and into your body tissue cells. So that's the cells of all your organs, muscles and tissues. So if you have low body tissue oxygenation, that's how you get chronic disease. Your, your cells just die. They get starved of oxygen. And that's actually the cause of most uh, kind of chronic diseases. So CO2, you need the right level of it in the body to maintain adequate gaseous exchange, right? So if you breathe very fast, you actually breathe out too much CO2 because when you breathe in, you breathe in oxygen. When you breathe out, you breathe out CO2. If you let go of too much CO2, you don't have enough of that that um, gaseous exchange going on. 
right? So if you slow your breath down, and one of the quickest ways to slow the breath down is to change the amount of volume of air you can breathe in at any time or breathe out. So the, that's why the nose is designed how it is. It's a small, much smaller um, entry point than the, the mouth. So when you breathe in, you're already reducing the CO2 levels. Now, the CO2 in people, we have a different, it's like a, more like a thermometer, a thermostat, right? So people are set to different levels of ability to handle CO2. CO2 is what tells your brain you need to breathe again. So if your CO2 level um, threshold um, is set too low, so your CO2 tolerance is set too low, what will happen is you'll breathe faster than you actually need to. You're, you're chronically hyperventilate, which actually is the cause for a lot of people's hyperventilation. Their CO2 tolerance is too low. But you can quickly train your body to increase that tolerance by slow rhythmic breathing, right? And nasal breathing and, and doing various exercises that raises your CO2 levels naturally. And then you'll start to love that feeling of CO2 in your body. You'll actually start to f actually feel a lot of the benefits of the relaxation you get, the calm into the mind, the more zen you become as you increase your level of CO2. Then what you'll find is your breath will naturally slow right down and even come to a pause up between every breath. And you know, we've always been told, um, don't hold your breath, that's bad to hold your breath, Well, actually it's complete nonsense, right? The perfect yogic breathing is where you breathe in, like, as I said, into the diaphragm, hardly moves, okay? But then you extend your exhalation, and then you will go into an automatic pause where you're not even conscious of it for several seconds before the next breath. This is the perfect yogic breath. It's like more like a shape like this, All right? So it's like up like that, there's the inhale, long exhale, pause for a few seconds. It's more like that. Now a normal breath, uh, a normal healthy breath, not a yogic breath, is more like this without the automatic pause, right? Um, and the unhealthy breath is really erratic. It's all over the place. No rhythm to it at all. And sometimes you might be gasping. Sometimes you might be breathing um, normally and it's erratic. So that's how most people breathe when they're stressed. Um, but if you wait, work on your CO2 tolerance and you really understand all of this, very quickly, like within days, you can reset it. It doesn't take long, right? You start to get that yogic breath coming in and you'll just be more calm and more relaxed. Amazing. And this is something you can measure, presumably, if you wanted to look at a baseline with like the bolt score to see where your air hunger is. Yeah, yeah, you can do like, so Buteka called it the morning breath hold time test. So this is what we go by is we just go by his uh, original teaching um, where you can measure how healthy you are. But it has to be done first thing in the morning, empty stomach. You haven't done any techniques or anything beforehand. And you just breathe in through your nose, normal inhale, normal exhale, hold your nose and then hold your breath until you get that first sign of stress that first sign of stress is discomfort right not like to a point of comfort but slight discomfort that's when you've held it too long right that's well when it goes to a point where you're gasping for air at the end of it you held it too long but if you hold it to the first sign of stress okay and where you're not gasping for air and you can still breathe in through your nose all right that's your morning breath hold time and your morning breath hold time will be the lowest score of the whole day usually okay um it's the time when 
in the morning, usually your adrenaline's a little bit higher and uh, you've just had a lot of sleep and the sleep is where a lot of the breath goes out of balance. So usually your morning breath all time is going to be the worst. Throughout the day, it kind of normalizes a bit and towards the end of the day, um, it may actually be the highest. Okay, some people have it more in the afternoon. But that's why you should do with the morning one. Always work with your lowest score and go with that one as a grade. Um, so around 20 to 40 seconds is average. That's what most people's range is. Okay, it's going to vary. But 40 seconds and above is um, healthy, very healthy. 60 seconds and above is like proper yogic kind of healthy, right? Wow, that's high. And less than um, 20 seconds is there's usually a sign of you're either unfit or uh, you may be suffering from something, okay? But less than 15 seconds um, is usually a sign there's some illness going on that you need to fix. Um, below 10 seconds is something serious is going on, usually. Interesting. So I want to tell you about a probiotic that I've been taking recently called P3OM by my friends over at Bioptimizers that has a certain type of lactobacillus, it's lactobacillus plantarum, that actually has been shown in recent scientific literature to enhance your body's own production of folate. So we all know that folate is really important for a process in the body known as methylation. But normally we think about where can we get folate from our food or from supplementation. And what's been found in recent research led by Dr. Cara Fitzgerald is that actually if we use certain probiotic bacteria then our microbiome can actually produce more folate for us which is very very cool and that particular probiotic is in the p3om by bioptimizers and that's one of the reasons that i take it every day it's also because it has been really improving the health of my gut reducing things like gas and bloating it increases mental clarity and focus and it also boosts amino acid absorption because it helps convert protein into usable amino acids that feed your brain gut and muscles and as you know i am a big fan of incorporating enough protein in our nutrition and diet plans because it helps to stimulate muscle protein synthesis it gives us those very important amino acids which actually contribute to things like mental focus and clarity and probiotic p3om by bioptimizers helps you do all of that it's nothing short of amazing and you can get 10 percent off that probiotic by heading over to buy optimizers.com forward slash angela and entering code angela 10 at checkout that is buyoptimizers.com forward slash angela and just enter code angela 10 at checkout you'll get 10 percent off probiotic p3om and also the other products that i love by them the blood sugar breakthrough which is incredible for helping you regulate your blood sugar particularly after a high carb meal um, the magnesium breakthrough that i take every day and really helps me to sleep but actually magnesium is about so much more than that uh, because it's used in so many processes in the body and i'm so excited to say that now their delicious tasting chocolate protein powder that you've probably seen me posting about on instagram is also now available in the uk and that is their protein breakthrough so you can go and grab a cool 10 percent off all of those over at bioptimizers.com forward slash angela and entering code angela 10 at checkout now let's get back to the show And so I didn't know actually um, that you would want to work with the baseline morning measurement. That's interesting. And I can see how that's affected by, effectively by the cortisol awakening response. 
Yeah, um, because it varies so much during the day as well that you must always do it first thing in the mm, morning, like always yeah. at the same time. Otherwise, it's not an accurate score. Yeah. And so with, when you were saying you can sort of start to change your tolerance quite quickly, if someone took their bolt score tomorrow morning and they saw it's like knocking in at around 20, if they were to then start uh, utilizing your techniques, how, how quickly should they see that begin to climb? Within three days. Interesting. Even some people within a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. And what about um, the work that you're doing? So you say the University of Cambridge is interested in studying SOMA. What, yeah, so what aspects are they studying? They're studying our 21-day awakening protocol, which is this rhythmic breathing followed by breath retention techniques and then getting more and more progressively intense. And um, they're really studying the effect of the rhythmic breathing, what it does with the brainwaves, and also the intermittent hypoxic protocol, the therapeutic uses of it. So they're just fascinated by the protocol I've created, the results we're getting. They've already done a one cohort study, which went really well, so they want to do more. So in a few uh, weeks, they're going to start another batch. Um, and this could go on for a while, and they're going to do like some incredible brainwave, brain mapping, studies with super expensive gear that they got at the university, plus also doing some physiological stuff around intermittent hypoxia. And yeah, it's, it's amazing that we've been picked for that. Yeah. Isn't it? It's very, very exciting. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to kind of hear the outcomes of it. Um, what I'd like to do is then ask you like, just a few questions around how this might help in different areas. Um, I want to kind of come back in a way to health in a moment. Um, if we're looking at from a sort of performance perspective, um, and we're looking to introduce more of a flow state, that's the thing that I'm always trying to really maximize is how can I live more consciously at times we just go unconscious. And I think that's when our kind of breathing can become disordered as well. And we're much more reactionary. Whereas when we're in a more of a flow state, time falls away and you can really engage with that activity. And I find that's just so important. Like in my work, creating my programs, content and things. What is um, a kind of breath work routine that people can use to enhance that's reasonably quick that they can use to enhance more of a flow state to get more kind of alpha brainwave activity? Right. Well, the foundation of like, in my opinion, of getting into these things like flow states is is really the alignment with what you're doing, right? Like when you're really aligned with what you're doing, you, you just get into a flow state. You don't need any tricks or gimmicks. You just get into it. Like when I'm like really deep in working on my music and it's something I love to do, like I'm really passionate about, I'm good at it. Like you have to be good at it. You gotta be passionate about it. And it's gonna be aligned with your mission, like your life mission. And when you have that, every day becomes a flow state. Like you don't have to do any exercise, breathing techniques, nothing. You just get into it. I know people who are super in their flow all the time who don't do anything, don't do any exercise and they smoke cigarettes all day. So I really think that's the baseline of that but to in to like make it more powerful and like to hack it um then you need foundation of good health right and, and that starts with the breath so i really recommend doing our breath fit course right, which is in somali and then we have these daily doses that you do that gives you a burst of this intermittent hypoxia and it's like a defrag switch for your brain so another thing that affects flow states is when your brain, your mind gets cluttered, right? So when you hold your breath for a long enough period of time, 
it's like a defrag switch for your brain because every time you breathe in you inspire inspiration it means creating new thought that's how we produce thoughts and ideas is on the in inspiration right the inhale so when you hold your breath after the exhale expiration right you kind of die for a minute you pause your breath life is a series of inhales and exhales when you pause your breath for just a minute boom it's like a defrag and your thought files reassemble declutter in fact this was uh, proven by our um, one friend neuroscientist called Jeff Tarrant who did a study on us first which is what inspired Cambridge which showed how effective our technique was compared to psychedelics like psilocybin and also MDMA and he found it was just as effective with just 22 minute session and it's this this defrag effect that happens which brings down the default mode network and kind of refreshes the brain. It's like, you know what happens to your computer when it gets cluttered? Mm. Boom, you press defrag and it clears the files, right? The, the computer runs more efficiently. Same thing I'm talking about with the breath we can do. Yeah. And so do you recommend like in terms of people then, if they were going to use that on an intermittent basis during their day, when they're getting into that kind of cluttered state, have you found that there are, you know, when we look at like natural rhythms, for example, and we look at sleep, it follows generally around a 90 minute cycle. Um, and there's been quite a bit of writing around, you know, recovery cycles, every sort of 90 minutes, you almost need to defrag and actually just allow yourself to recover to then bring that kind of intensity again. I'm curious whether you found that there's a certain period that helps to optimize that because before people, because there's this law of diminishing returns, isn't there? People can almost try harder and harder and keep going and actually you're yeah. not being any more productive with what you're doing because yeah. the brain's really tired. And well, I've definitely seen yeah. like a correlation where people will get food cravings actually just because they're not allowing the brain to recover and, and actually something like breath work then they don't actually need and they don't have those cravings afterwards. Do you see what I mean? If they, instead of going to get food, they actually focus on their breath. It changes things quite quickly. Well, that's why, like, I mean, if you go by the Pomodoro technique, you should do it in 20 minute bursts, not three hours. Right. So 20 minutes and, uh, you, so you do hardcore work for 20 minutes, like fully in your flow, have a break for like a minute and one simple hack is humming for one, just like even 30 seconds, right? Just humming. Hum. Or if you're in an office or something, which some people, and you don't want to like disturb people, just bring your awareness to your breath, nasal breathing, diaphragmatic breathing, keeping your breath smooth circular subtle rhythmic diaphragmatic and just doing that for 20 30 seconds is a great little switch off switch for stress and then then you can go and have some water walk about and then get back on it get back on another really quick way to boom wake up is anaerobic exercise all right so i actually have an app called chair guru right it's a cool little app which has a bunch of exercises that you can do um, through, I teach you it through video and it's a Google Chrome plugin. And basically it pops up based on whatever time you put in. So we recommend like 30 minutes for if you're doing the Pomodoro technique or once an hour. Okay. And boom, it will alert you with an exercise. And one of the exercises I teach is anaerobic exercise. So what that means is basically shutting off oxygen, right? So not breathing and then doing 
exercise like push-ups, holding your breath or hold your nose and walk around the room until you, and count how many times you, you do it and do that um, for a couple of rounds, all right? And what that does is it gives you a big burst of nitric oxide and CO2 in one hit. And this actually dilates all your blood vessels and it's like having an amazing coffee. I actually do this in the morning. It's amazing. And it, it makes you go to the toilet. It unblocks it you. It makes you go to the toilet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Cures interesting. Conservation. Yeah. Forget about conservation. It won't happen now if you do this. And you just, you have to be quite in, you have to do it intensely. Don't, don't just do it till the first urge to breathe. You have to like wait till you get that adrenaline rush of holding your breath. You really feel that heat. Then do it again. Walk around the room. You get that heat generate again, hold your nose, walk around, do it two or three times in a row. And you'll really start moving the bowels. Your nose will unblock your your brain will wake up and you'll feel like a, you're fresh. Like you've had the best coffee ever. But you could do this with push-ups as well. That's what you're saying. Push-ups you can do, but not everyone can handle push-ups. This is by far the easiest thing you can ever do. Just walk around. So, Just walk around so let me get this right. So there's no preparation. It's literally... Uh, but out in and out through the nose, right? And then you through hold the after the out breath. You're, you're quite, yeah. That's quite an accelerated out breath then. Yeah, because you want to get all the air out. Okay. Okay. And then yeah. hold, walk around. Is there a time that you should yeah. work towards doing that for? Or just until you get air hunger? Well, just count like how many steps you do. Everyone's going to be different with their ability. But if you can get 60 steps, normal pace steps or more, right? You're, you're doing a good job. Okay, cool. I'm and this is also there. a way of training yourself to have higher CO2 tolerance. Yeah. So it has many different side effect benefits. So let's talk about this CO2 tolerance. As you start to build that, when you're saying that your breath is the foundation of health, which, which I agree with, how, what kind of benefits are we seeing in the body from training that? So, well, people with uh, any kind of congestion usually fixes that people who've got inflammatory issues they tend to you know improve their symptoms especially people who've got tension and chronic pain because of constant tension because if you're stiff right if you're rigid if you're stiff if just just do this as an exercise like tighten your go like that and tighten your hand like that and try and move your fingers around it's painful and hurts right yeah so a lot of people that's their default state is this Tense. And actually, oxygen hyperventilation makes this happen. Have you have you been to holotropic breathwork, um, rebirthing class, where yeah. you just hyperventilate for an hour? People go like this; it contract like that. It's because oxygen is a contractor; it contracts your muscles, right? It shrinks your blood vessels; it raises your blood pressure. CO two does the opposite. So if you hyperventilate, if you've got too much oxygen in your bloodstream, bound to your red blood cells right? You'll become stiff and rigid and you'll walk around like this. Okay. And that then leads to pain. Also means you're not taking action because you, you haven't got the, the motivation to take action because you're so stiff and rigid. You become more uptight. You won't, you'll be a, become a no person rather than a yes person. But as soon as you start retraining, this starts becoming loose. And then you start like playing the piano. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um yeah i mean that's that's what happens to most people and because of that you start getting blood flow to all of the areas of the body 
that haven't had blood flow for a long time and you start to get remission of symptoms you know so we've had incredible stories people with chronic Lyme disease people with arthritis people with other autoimmune you know people with chronic muscle pain being healed after doing the 21 days right and um, just doing breath fit just in the first few days and doing our yogic exercises so the asana is done according to traditional yoga where you're holding your breath with the poses in different ways that will just transform people's lives and if you make that into your way of life okay and that's the cool thing with samadhi what we create is it makes it easy to put this into a way of life mm. we have live class it's like an online gym a soma breath gym or soma breath retreat where we have live classes happening like every week several times a week plus on-demand content a whole library of stuff you can just tune into and that way it's like you have something you can do a routine that you can follow it's really cool i love that it's brilliant yeah and um so what what be the difference when you talk about breath fit and then you talk about the 21 days if people are thinking well where which one do i start with what's the difference between these two so breath fit is a breathing retraining course with um focuses around daily things you should do every day to improve your health right it's very much around fit as well it's called breath fit it's really about your fitness your default state right now the 21 days is more about um, your self-discovery, self-realization, finding out who it is, who you really are and what it is that you really want. And it's a powerful, not only a breathwork course, but it's also a meditation program. It really is deep meditative program of self-realization. But it also has therapeutic health benefits because you're following intermittent hypoxic protocol done in a specific way over 21 days. So it's like an all-round program. That's why we recommend doing them both together, um, together as a sequence. Because if you do breath fit first, that sets you up with going super deep in the 21 days. Yeah. How long is breath fit? Breath fit is 11 days. Okay. So that's kind of that. The but then it's lifelong. It's lifelong. It's lifelong. Yeah, yeah, you're doing it. And the that 21 the days thing. is... Is a 21 day course, yeah. Yeah, that was what I noticed with the 21 day course is uh, it is a transformational experience. And um, it's uh, just the way you dive into like the law of sexual transmutation from Think and Grow Rich, I think is in there from memory. It was some time ago that I did it. And just really understanding these states was really, really powerful for me. And just yeah. visualizing your ideal day and exactly how you kind of becoming the architect of your life, I would say is, is one of the principles in there that, that I certainly got from it. Totally. That's right. Yeah. Um, what does, I'm curious, Niraj, because I, th I think listeners will be wondering about this. What does your day look like in terms of your practice? Like, can you walk me through from yeah. the moment you wake up in the morning? What do you do? Yeah. So I actually get up, and um, I tend to drink water first. That's the first thing. All right. Um, but I do this exercise. It's the first thing I do. All right. So I'm walking around. And I don't do exercise unless I've clear, cleared my bowels. So I, that's why I do this first as well. And it kind of boom, wakes you up. Um, and I, I generally make... Um, uh, so that's when I will do like some kind of morning routine. Um, as well but then I'll make this uh, super potent um, coffee concoction I call it the renegade smooth uh, renegade coffee 
which is basically um, really good quality coffee, ghee, colostrum, all right, all blended together. And it tastes incredible, like magic. And that's my breakfast. I don't eat then until much later on in the day. Um, I'm not one of these like people who is uh, so fussed about um, every day doing intermittent fasting. Like I don't eat, I have a big gap during the day where I don't eat, but everyone's different, right? So some people can't go without food for so long. They need little and often, right? This is the Ayurvedic system. The Vata people generally need little and often food. Otherwise you get ratty, you get this too much air building up in the gut and it can disrupt your, your mood, right? But you just need a little bit of food, not too much throughout the day so you just eat little and often right but then other people need to do fasting right the ones who tend to put on weight more easily intermittent fasting is great for them i'm somebody who's kind of a bit in the middle so i tend to have that morning uh, drink which isn't like a big meal but it's a drink so it's easy to digest and it um is a kind of a, a mild fast i'd say and then I'll eat a lot later on in the day. I do like work. I get in the flow of meetings, quite busy these days. Um, but I tend to also do like uh, these more like breaks of exercise to space it out. Every hour I do something, um, you know, physical in my little studio. <laughs> and do you have a like specific meditation, like time for meditation, for example, you were saying, for those that are listening, uh, what Nirash was talking about, in case you couldn't hear it on the audio, was he does uh, the sharp intake and outtake of breath and walk around with the breath hold in the morning. Do you have a meditation practice that you follow? Like, do you meditate when you wake up, for example, or do you actually do those kind of breath holds with walking, have your coffee and dive straight into the day? Um, I vary it. So I don't do any of these long, long meditation practices. You know, I've kind of, I'm at a point in my life where I've figured out a lot of things already. I'm pretty in a pretty good place. Um, I did a lot more meditation stuff several years ago, you know, like, um, especially when I was recovering and all this from Clias, I was really deep into meditation and now I'm in action mode, right? You know, I remember Osho once saying like, we don't need any more meditators, you know, we've got enough meditators. When he was talking about his um, city that he built, he said, we need action takers. If we want to make a difference in the world, we need the action takers. So he was actually calling the action takers and not meditators to come to the, to the city at some point. So I'm kind of like that too now. I'm like, I, I'm all about taking massive action. And I that's why I love like what we've done with Summer Breath is that, you know, you can get in like just 10 minutes, one round of our breath techniques and really amazing benefits. Right. So that's all you need. You don't need like hours of meditation a day unless you're trying to figure something out, unless your mind is very erratic and you're not in your your element, you know, and you want to get back into your element. So. So, yeah, my day is like I vary it up. I do this exercise um, where I do anaerobic exercise. That's my preferred choice. I don't tend to go to gyms that much. I, I want to. Um, we just moved to Ibiza, so we're just getting back in the flow and we've been traveling a lot. But, um, the reason I usually go to the gym is to do this, uh, inroading kind of exercises where you're very slow 
weight training, right, with heavy weights. But I also do functional isometric training where you don't even need any weights. So I'll give you one example is you just push. For like 12 seconds, maximum effort against an immovable object, which is your body, right? Best immovable object is your own body, counter acting against each other. And that actually is a really good exercise. Very it hard. is a really good exercise. You can actually see the intensity of it. Yeah, yeah it's very intense. Yeah, when you're and, doing um, And you get like a burst of, you know, positive hormones there as well. But this type of exercise, like, um, you can do anywhere. You can do it with a chair. You can do it against a wall. Um, functional isometric training. Check it out. Yeah, that's cool. And what about cold exposure? Do you couple it with any cold exposure? It's so often that we see kind of breath work go hand in hand with uh, cold immersion. Do you practice? Yeah, I mean, I don't have here in Ibiza, like we don't have like any ice bath set up or anything, but in Copangan, that was like a regular way of life, the sauna and ice, sauna and ice. Um, and that's why I'm going to, after this bit of traveling we've got going on, I'm going to be more grounded. I'm going to, um, there's a gym that has both. It has like cold plunge and um, sauna. And I'm going to start going to that more often. Um, the sauna is my church. So I'm really big into that. And so we actually, every winter, rent a um our own kind of church uh which is casa soma which is a an amazing villa where we do our retreats and it has a sauna in it and we do these amazing protocols there so i'm really looking forward to getting back into that actually i've heard you talk um with ben greenford actually about breathwork in the sauna um i'm kind of yeah. getting back over sauna getting back into my sauna now in the summer months i kind of use it less and then as it gets colder, I tend to sort of dive in there more. And obviously we get much less light here in the UK when you go through autumn and winter. Um, what are the kind of breathwork techniques that you use in the sauna? So when you're combining it with heat? Yeah. So Ben, the thing that he does, I wouldn't do that personally. It's way too intense for sauna. What I do is just humming. My main okay. is slow rhythmic breathing, extended exhalation and humming. And that gets you into really deep meditative states. If you breathe in for four, out for eight, and then hum, um, you know, so in for four, out for eight, do that several times until you feel a bit of a charge and then boom, hum for as long as you can and then repeat. Um, and then you can speed it up in for two, out for four and hum. We made tracks specifically for this. So we for do sort of rituals where I bring in the speaker and we do it all together, like powerful, deep sauna rituals together. Yeah. Interesting. I'd like to try that because I've tried um, meditating in the sauna and that's fine in an infrared sauna initially because obviously it's not as hot until your body starts to really heat up and then it becomes so uncomfortable that it's actually quite difficult. Whereas I can imagine humming and, and focusing on the breath, you're still in that sort of doing mode. Effectively, it's yeah. easier when you're trying to tolerate heat stress. Totally. Um, yeah. So the, those sauna sessions, are they in somatic? Uh, no, that would be, um, that's more safe for our retreats and instructor training. Okay. For the our instructor instructors training. Have, have access to all of that stuff. And how long is your instructor training? If someone wants to become a Soma breathwork instructor. Yeah. So we have, um, two courses. We have an entry level breathwork course which is a first step in zone to becoming a full Soma Breath Transformational Coach. 
Well, we have the Transformational Coach Program, which is a, a long program. It can take six months or more. It depends on how fast you go. And it's a full-on like, transformational coaching course. That The foundation is breath, but we go into many different areas from Soma Breath Yoga to ecstatic dance to um, shaking practices to other tantric practices, um, purification techniques through sauna. Um, it's really holistic. It's everything we do, like our retreats and more, and also how to deliver one-on-one -on -one experiences for, for people and to take people through big transformations, you know, um, using our protocols. And the shaking actually is interesting. It's something that I find it's really relaxing, right? When you do shaking. And if you notice dogs shake, I always laugh at my dog. If I, if I stroke my Labrador, he kind of shakes. Yeah. <laughs> he does a little shake afterwards. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. It's, it's really, but it's amazing how relaxed you feel after you do either full body kind of shaking or tapping. Correct. Yeah. So, um, the, Shaking is one of that practice is one of the most favorite ones from everybody. The most transformative like experiences we do at the retreats. Um, and we do it for like 30 minutes to an hour sometimes. All right. It depends on the intensity, but it usually goes with shaking into then full power ecstatic dance. That's something I do a lot is shaking and dancing throughout the day. That's my favorite form of exercise, you know. Um, but you really do release all the tension out of the system. You let go of a lot of unresolved emotions. Unresolved emotion creates this tension as well, right? And it also affects your breathing. So releasing that, letting go of that, having practices to let go of unresolved tension and emotion is foundation for optimum well-being. On a daily basis. Yeah, Not just when you've built up that tension. Be. Exactly. Everybody should have some daily practice. Yeah. And what about, uh, let's talk about the tantric practices. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain more about those? Yeah. So that's more about using the life force energy, the, the sexual energy and circulating it around and using it for a higher purpose because we're manifesting all the time, all day long we're manifesting. Right. Um, and most of us are manifesting what we don't want because we don't know what we want. So when you know what you want, that's the foundation then you can start using magic, right, to get what you want faster. And one of the practices is sex magic, is sexual transmutation. It's using sexual life force energy, the most creative, potent force of nature for a higher purpose, right? And so we teach you how to do that. Just on the manifesting, because I think people get a bit confused around this um, and law of attraction, law of vibration, uh, what really manifesting is. Um, I think there's a perception among people almost that they can't necessarily achieve what they're, what they're hoping to achieve or that they've got to kind of moderate what they want to achieve. Whereas manifesting, right, is combining what you want and your kind of vision for your life in conjunction with the right vibration and the right thoughts and everything kind of aligning, if you like, um, together. Um, what, when you say that, it's just quite interesting. I want to pick up on something you said, which is that most people are manifesting what they don't want. Is that because you feel that they are engaging? Because, you know, your, your brain is 
like I know from when I was depressed, right? It's like, it's like Google. It will just keep on, or YouTube, if you watch one video, it'll show you more videos that are like that video. And so if you have a thought and you engage with that thought, your brain is going to show you more thoughts, like yes. attracts like. Um, I'm just curious, yeah, what you found there um, and how people can kind of transform those thoughts. Because I think it is, as you say, easy for people to get into this negative spiral. Correct. So what I mean by that is that we're all powerful manifestors, all of us creating things all the time, experiences. Everything that happens in our life is a result of the inner world, right? So we are programmed from a young age, right, to believe certain things, to create belief system. We call them reality tunnels. And so why humans are so predictable, because most people's reality tunnels already been envisaged for them and laid out as a plan for them. And that's what the government does, right? They create uh, schooling systems, educational systems, and occupational programs that get you into a job, a career, into debt, because you spend a lot of money at university, and then one day hopefully you can get a job. And then, you know, the media is constantly propagating an image of what success looks like. Success looks like working really hard, right? to um, then drive expensive cars and wear expensive clothes and, and do this and that and that. Like, you know, keep up with the celebrities, right? But basically when people get into their jobs and all that, they realize that actually they're probably working harder on their jobs. They may have some money, but they, they don't have enough time to even spend it. Um, or their job just keeps them above broke right? Job stands for just over broke, right? And so they're constantly in a rat race and they never get out of this. And they, they do everything society tells them. They get the, the house, the mortgage, which is impossible to pay off. They get the kids, they marry, you know, the person from down the road. They do everything that their parents told them to because they're just repeating the same programs as well. But they never, they're so busy, they never stop to listen to think, why am I so unhappy? I've done everything I'm supposed to do, but why am I still unhappy? And if they spend a little bit of time to answer that question, the truth might emerge. And the truth is that we've created a constructed, a world, a society that is actually the image of corporations and a few massive corporations that spend billions of dollars to program you to be a certain way, to think a certain way, to act a certain way. And this was what creates very predictable patterns of behavior, right? And people don't change. The, the reptilian brain, the part of the brain that is programmed the most from the young age, doesn't like change. It, it wants you to stay the same because doing anything different from what the tribe is doing is too much of a threat to your survival because this is a primal instinct to belong, right? It's one of the biggest human urges is community and belonging. So if you feel excluded from the community, it can be very stressful. Because it's like if you were back in the tribal times um, when we did live in tribes, if you're excluded from the tribe and you're on your own in the jungle, you're going to die, right? So now uh, what's happening is we, there's a big mainstream culture that's been created, which is the way we're supposed to live our life, which is clearly broken because look how unhappy people are, the level of depression, um, the stress out there, you know, the, the, the dysfunction of our leaders. Right. It's obvious that there's something not right with this. 
But what happens is because we're so programmed like operating systems on the hard drive of a computer, which is your body, your, your um, brain, your nervous system, your neurology, and the mind is the operating system, because it's so heavily programmed, it's really hard to wake up out of that dream, okay, out of that illusion. So until something shakes you up and wakes you up, and usually it's when people get really sick, right, is when they have a big wake-up call or if they lose their house suddenly, they get made redundant. These are usually wake-up calls if their wife suddenly divorces them for some reason. Something wakes you up, right? And usually it's something nasty, right? But um, you can wake up through inspiration. You can have a wake-up through inspiration. And this wake-up, what it usually leads to is an inner truth, a truth of what it is truly that makes you tick, your element. What is it that you're here to do, your mission, your purpose? Um, which can evolve and change, but you start to get more of an inclination of what that is. And when you start doing that, you don't need the secret. You don't need books, manifesting books, nothing. You just need to understand the clarity of what it is, where you want to go. And then you start manifesting the things you really want because we're constantly creating what we, what we don't want because what we don't want is what's been programmed into us, right? Because that's what keeps us subservient and slave-like. But the real truth is that human beings aren't slaves, right? We're actually gods. Each and every one of us have the power of God within, right? To be super creative geniuses that can push humanity forward. But this has been suppressed, right? And when you have this wake-up call, you can get this inner alignment and you suddenly start manifesting what you really want. Now, this doesn't, this is not for everybody, right? There's, I, what I've started to realize is this, there's a lot of people who are very happy in the being comfortably numb. That's their, they like the robotic security. And, and it comes down to these five human needs, right? And when you figure this out, everything changes, right? You could say there's six. Okay. So we need this level of uncertainty in our life right? Uh, sorry, let's start with certainty. We need a level of certainty in our life. That means we need to know we got food on the table, a roof over our head, and things that are predictable that gives us security and survival, right? Then we need actually the opposite. We need some, an element of surprise. We need uncertainty. Now, some people can handle a lot bigger thresholds of uncertainties than others like the entrepreneurs like probably a lot of people listen to this you're following are probably bigger risk takers than the average person right so so if you're in a very safe secure job right because you got you manifested that because that's what you're programmed to do you may feel uncomfortable in that because you need that growth you need the next need which is growth right we need to grow we need to feel like we're growing Okay, and then the, the other need is significance. We want to feel significant. Everyone has their own threshold of significance. Some people need to be on stage, thousands of people in front of them. Others just want to feel seen in their own home, right, with their family. So everyone has the different levels of significance. Um, and then uh, love and contribution, right? So once you've got those first needs met, then we start to think about spiritual things like love, giving back, contribution. And then once you have all of that, you start, once you feel an alignment with all those things in your life, right? And one way you can get this, right, is, is, is certainty by being clear around what it is you want, finding people out there who are already doing what it is that you want, and then either getting them as your mentor or 
learning from them, listen to the podcast, interviews, autobiographies, finding if they have any like roadmap courses or if they have um, a strategy which you can follow and emulate and copy. And almost always, because this is how my life's been, because life is so predictable when you really analyze it, it's very program-like, right? If you follow a program, that's why we call courses programs, usually you get that result that's promised at the end of it. Usually, if you do all of the work and actually do it, the people who don't get the results is usually because they don't take the action, right? But you get the results. You know, you have a program. If your clients follow it, they get the result. If they don't, they don't, right? So if you get proven program to follow, you're almost guaranteed to get the result, okay? But you need a bit of variety, a bit of uncertainty as well. So you want to have surprises. And when you got down a path of alignment, usually loads of positive surprises come your way that keeps you growing. That's the next one, growth. And you start to grow, you start to get significance from that, right? And then you get um, to a point where you start being able to give back, and contribute and you can get love and contribution actually very quickly by aligning what is your one your mission with something that automatically gives back so what a lot of entrepreneurs that's why they're i find the most fulfilled in life is because they're aligned with something that's solving a problem out there in the world the ones the entrepreneurs that are the most fulfilled that i've met are the ones who are solving big problems in the world with their problems with their with their programs the ones that aren't fulfilled usually are the ones who are creating problems right they're selling shit that creates more problems and they're usually the ones who end up depressed at the end of it so what we try and do is create this alignment for everybody you know starting with our instructors yeah starting with your instructors and then they feed that mission into the world yeah i am it's interesting what you say there because i couldn't agree more i think sometimes people find it difficult to find their purpose. But I know, for example, for me, and my journey was very similar to yours, right? I was born out of a health battle. But then when I had to make that decision to leave law finally and turn my back on the conditioning and that safety of that gravy train of knowing exactly how it worked was predictable, um, it took actually a huge uh, amount of courage and an identity shift to be able to do that and to realize that my self-esteem wasn't wrapped up in that title, right? Because there's the significance. So I had to kind of almost undo myself right and shed the old to become a new and create that identity but then as you say when you're driven like for me that mission-driven purpose is to empower women to empower female performance because i think that women struggle on a number of levels and if we can empower them that feeds in and in turn creates a ripple effect through their children through the people that they work with uh, across the world it's just so far reaching so i don't have to think about getting out of bed and why i might do it because as you say i don't have to get into a state the first thought that's in my mind is how am mm. I going to take that mission? How am I going to take it forward today? That's the only thing that comes into my head, Yeah. Um, which I imagine is similar for you, right? But I think it's difficult for some people. They might be listening to this and thinking, that's great, but I don't know how to find what my mission is. And do you think that everyone has a mission? Or as you say, some people maybe are happy to have a good job, that they go into, they get enough money for holidays, they put some money away from retirement um, because not everybody is a, is an entrepreneur. Totally. So mission really is, um, you know, a variable thing. Like, like you don't have to like change the world, right? That doesn't need to be your mission. Everybody's mission is equally important, right? So it could be simply 
you want to raise a, a, a healthy family that does good in the world, right? It could be something like you want to work for a company that you believe in and get out of this company that you're working for that you don't believe in, right? The product. Simple things like that. You're just aligning with, you can either create your own mission or align with someone else's mission. Mm. You don't necessarily have to have your own hardcore change the world mission. Okay? But ultimately, you have to have a job, right? You have to, to you have to pay the bills somehow. There are there are people who are born, you know, with loads of money, right? Inherited, but they're usually the ones who get the most depressed because they don't have that challenge. So if you don't have any money right now, if you're broke, right, and you're you're trying to figure things out, actually, this is one of the best times to really crush it because usually out of these moments is when you make something that changes the world. You know, so that takes time to to figure out by research. You have to research. You have to start figuring out what makes you tick. You can start listening to your heart. When you get butterfly feelings, when you um, when you listen to somebody's story, or or you get excited about some product that you you must have purchased in the last few months that changed your life, right? Or had an impact in your life, or dramatically improved your life. Maybe you can see if they've got any um, positions open at their company. Yeah. So that's, you know, maybe you can join their mission and you can start being a volunteer and doing stuff like that. Maybe you're, you want to, you've, you've made all your money. You're already successful. You've done all that stuff. The best way to now find spiritual mission is a spiritual mission. The best way to find peace of mind is spiritual mission is to do something that contributes, right? So peace of mind is what we're going for here. Peace of mind. That's the ultimate quest. Actually, the quest of yoga is bring tranquility to mind. Chitti Niti Viroda in Sanskrit. So um, that's the ultimate goal is peace of mind. Now, there's a difference between love and peace, right? Love, you can get obsessed with love. Something that you love to do. Like I get super obsessed with making music. When I'm in the flow of music, like a a day can completely go past and it could be like three in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? You know, I'm, I'm supposed to be here or there or, you know, my wife's like been waiting for me upstairs and what am I doing? So you, that love can become sometimes, it can affect your normal way of life when you really love something and you're obsessed with it. And if that thing that you love is taken away, it can cause a lot of stress. It can get very distressed. And, you know, you could fall in love with someone and then they suddenly leave you and your whole life can fall apart. So that's why going for peace of mind is the foundation of what we do, right? Peaceful mind. And if you can figure out what would bring you peace of mind, peace, like real peace, lasting peace, you can then invite love in. And if it goes away, it doesn't really matter because you've got the foundation of peace. You're going to be okay with letting it go. So... That's what our courses are about, is really cultivating a state of peace of mind. And samadhi literally means, is our version of samadhi. Samadhi is the ultimate bliss state, peace of mind. And it really does begin with your physiology. Your inner world becomes your outer world. So when you learn breath control techniques, you can actually invoke natural physiological states of bliss, which then calms your mind. And when you have a calmer mind, you can think more clearly. And then you, you become less obsessed with stuff less addicted less needing things right to make you feel feel fulfilled and then every now and then you can get into your flow and and go 48 hours like no sleep hardcore on a 
piece of art or music you're creating or a business you're working on. And it's okay. You, you're, you're fine. It's not going to affect you. And you then start to bring a balance and discipline into your life because you're at peace. You're, you're okay with things, right? And also when the world is falling apart, like it appears to be right now, you're not triggered by it. You're not like too worked up. You may like vent sometimes, but it's not like physiologically messing you up and paralyzing you. And that's the problem with what's happening right now is people getting paralyzed by fear and, and losing hope. And they think that um, there's no point doing anything because the world's going to end soon, right? So people have this and it becomes an excuse to not do things, okay? And then they end up becoming into like loving to hate things. So they get obsessed with hating the government and blaming the government for everything or corporations and people for everything. And they get, they get obsessed in this drama and that can stop them from doing what it is they really want. And, you know, and then that can cause a lot of stress because love, as we know, can really fire up the stress hormones, right? You can feel anxiety on a level you've never felt before when you're obsessively in love with someone, right? And if like, they didn't call you or didn't message you, it could like make your heart race for hours, right? I've been there, been there. I'm speaking completely from experience on all of these matters because I've been there before. But now you're okay with, if you can cultivate peace of mind, that shit doesn't happen anymore. And you don't get these physiological triggers of cortisol and adrenaline and stress causing this paralysis and stiffness of your joints. And you just become more healthy. So all of our techniques are revolves around cultivating peace of mind, figuring out who it is that you truly are, what it is you want, and creating a roadmap strategy for getting it, but also being okay with maybe only getting 50% of it, right? Being okay with 20% of it, right? You don't have to do 100% because we help you create goals that are so powerful and big that I'm hoping that you don't reach them because it would be impossible, right, to, to sometimes reach some of these massive goals in one lifetime. But it's good to have that aspiration as a talisman, a symbol to, to strive for. And then if you get 40% of the way, you're already doing really well. You're already crushing it. And these, um, the goal setting that you do, is this part of your instructor training or is that all part of your it's, it's all part of like the the, tra uh, the 21 day awakening protocol, but it's also the framework for the coaching. So the co our coaches are trained to help people get through each one of these steps, mm. cultivate peace of mind, create an alignment with your values, figure out your human needs, what, what you really want, what you need. And, and then create a roadmap strategy for getting it, but in a healthy, sustainable way. So you don't get burnt out. Yeah. And then you kind of attract those opportunities into your life, right? That are truly in alignment with what you, what you wanted, which I yeah, think people are often surprised by. Yeah. yeah. Then life becomes like a magical journey. Yeah, exactly. And it happens so much faster. That's such a great explanation of manifesting. Um, Niraj, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find out more about you? I think Natasha has given us, I'll share uh, a, a link that people can go to actually to, to try out Soma. Um, yep. Where can people connect with you and find out more about you? Yeah, so check out my Instagram, Niraj Naik Official on Insta. So I'll give you a link to that. And um, join our YouTube channel, Soma Breath, Facebook group, Soma Breath. Check out the website and check out the discount links um, uh, that you've got that you can share. And yeah, fantastic. 
I'm smiling now because I just realized that I've pronounced your name incorrectly right at the end of the show. I think I introduced uh, you as Nayak. It's Nick, near Oh, Nayak. Nayak is fine. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's uh, good. That's amazing. Right. Sorry? <laughs> that's probably more correct. Uh, amazing we will link to all of that in the show notes thank you so much um, for coming on the show and if you haven't listened already to the first episode I did with Niraj almost I think three years ago as well where we dive into um, kind of breath holds and things like that as well Uh, both of these episodes really complement each other if you want to kind of dig deeper and then we'll link to all the resources that Niraj has shared too so thanks so much thanks again for coming on amazing thank you I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. I know that I learned a lot about breathwork on it and I hope that you did too. If you enjoyed this episode and you know someone that it may help, please share it with them. And if you're enjoying the show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a positive review. It really helps to spread the message and get the show out to a wider audience. Thanks again for listening and I will see you for another episode next week. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.